I was listening to Mark Christian preach recently online. Mark is the senior guy at Christ Church of Orinogo, which is a, a church just outside of Webb City, Missouri. And he happens to be preaching to his congregation a series of sermons right now through the book of Ephesians. And this particular sermon, he was speaking to them from chapter 4, and he made a statement that I latched on to. He said, when a person discovers what their spiritual gift is, and he or she begins to use that spiritual gift to the glory of God and for the good of the church, they are going to wag their tail like a little puppy dog, he said. Now, when I heard that, that painted quite a picture in my mind. Because I have a dog, uh, and its name is Padme. Uh, Really, it was Jonathan, my son's dog, years ago. He brought it home with him one day, uh, and he was into Star Wars at that time. And uh, he named that dog after Princess Padme in those movies. But uh, he wasn't around for very long. He Uh, He brought it home in the middle of that summer, and then in August, he left for college, and he had never ever been back home (laughs) uh, to take care of that dog. I I got the dog. I inherited the dog. I feed the dog. I take care of her. Uh, He's never reclaimed her since, but that's okay. You know, I like dogs, and I have had a dog since I was a little kid, and I know what it means for a dog to wag its tail. Padme is a tail wagger if she's happy. When I go out in the evening to feed her, she starts wagging her tail because she knows what's coming. She's going to get her tummy full. And when I come home after uh, the day is over and uh, the car begins to slow down to pull into the driveway or the motorcycle, whichever I'm on, oftentimes I'll notice Padme is sitting or laying in in the shade of the tree right there by the road. She's waiting for me. And as I pull in, she gets up and she starts wagging her tail because she's happy to see me. Uh, If I'm out in the yard working uh, and I take the time to just sit down in the grass and I call for her to come to me, she will get up from wherever she's at and she will just come running and she will leap into my lap and that tail will just be wagging excessively. And if I'm not careful, she'll hit me with that tail and it'll hurt. (laughs) She's a tail wagger. And she wags her tail when she's happy. And so for Mark Christian to talk about you and me wagging our tail due to us discovering what our spiritual gift is and using it, I know exactly what he's talking about. We're going to be happy. We are going to be fulfilled. We are going to be overflowing with joy when we discover what our spiritual gift is and then we begin to use that gift for Him, for His glory, and for the building up of the church. And we need for us to be having in the church more tail waggers. People who are happy in their faith. People who are overflowing with joy because of what is going on in their life. You know, too often the church doesn't have so many tail waggers. There are too many in the church who are ho-hum in their faith. They are not having the enthusiasm and and the excitement that they should have to their Christian walk. Now, Now, you look at these people and you may see them getting excited over other things. 
Things that don't have anything to do with eternity, but when it comes to their Christian life, their tail's not wagging. They're, they're just ho-hum. And it shouldn't be that way. Because if we really look at what Jesus has done for us, we have so much reason to, wa- to wag our tail. He died on the cross for us and He raised up from the dead. That's worth wagging our tail over. And the fact that He has given to us the promise of heaven, He has given to us the forgiveness of sin, He has given to us the gift of the Holy Spirit, all of that is reason for us to wag our tail and to be happy. And then if we could only begin to discover what our spiritual gift is, and to use that gift to the glory of God and to to the building up of the body of believers, I know what would happen, our level of joy would increase. Our enthusiasm for Him would increase. We would have more tail waggers in the church. I was talking with my daughter Rebecca about this. She called this last week when I was about to this point in the preparation for my sermon. And she said, "Uh, what are you preaching on Sunday, Dad? And so I began to tell her my thoughts here of, Uh, what I've just preached to you. And and she said, Dad, that is so true in my life. She said, when I am working in that area which I am gifted in and strong in, I am so fulfilled. I, I love ministering in that particular area. And as I got off the phone from her, I was thinking about that conversation that we had had. And it's so true for her. She is at her best when she is building relationships with these middle school and high school girls that she works with there in the church at Stillwater. And and she may be one-on-one with a girl at a ball game. And they're sitting in the stands and they're talking to one another. Really, they don't even know what's going on out there on the field. They may not even know what kind of a game they're at, but they are into one another's lives. She is into her, this girl's life, and that girl is being open to what Rebecca is saying to her. And and she's talking to this girl about Jesus and about life. Or maybe she's at a, at a, at a Starbucks coffee shop and, and she's sitting across the table from a high school girl and, and they're talking about boys and peer pressure. And sexual purity. And Rebecca is saying to her that she needs to, we we all need to just give our our whole heart to Jesus and to live wholeheartedly for Him. And when Rebecca is in that kind of a setting and she is having that kind of a conversation with with a young girl, she is wagging her tail because she is in her area of giftedness and she is at her best in that situation. She has the gift of encouragement, and she has the gift of evangelism. And in those settings, she is using her gift to the glory of God and to the building up of the Lord's church. But if you put her in a different scenario that's outside of her giftedness, her tail may not wag so much. It's harder for her. In fact, she was on the phone to us this week saying, Hey, Dad, Mom... Would you pray for me? Tomorrow morning, 
I've got to go to the hospital and visit this, this uh, high school girl. She's going to be having surgery, and I, I don't even know who she is. I've just, her grandparents have been coming to the church, and I think maybe she's been to the church once or twice, and the grandparents have asked me to come and be with her and just get to know her a little bit, and she was nervous about that. It's not exactly in, within the framework of her giftedness, and she's, she's a little nervous about it, and she's saying, would you pray for me? Talked to her the next day after it was all over. It had gone great. She'd, she'd had a great conversation with that girl and, 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 and started a relationship with her. She's saying, I kind of like this, going to the hospital and visiting somebody there. But, you see, it wasn't within her comfort zone. It wasn't within her giftedness, and so it was harder for her Do we always need to stay just within the area of our giftedness? No, not at all. We need to be stretched. We need to expand our horizons. But the fact is, we are best used and we are most happy when we are serving within our giftedness. And that's why I'm spending six weeks preaching to you about this topic. All of us who are... All of us need to discover what our spiritual gift is. You do have one, at least one, if you are a follower of Jesus. And my encouragement to you is to discover what that spiritual gift is and begin to figure out how that gift can be used to the glory of God and to the building up of the Lord's church. And when you get all of that figured out, your tail will begin to wag. I'm thinking of a couple of people within our church who have discovered their gift and they use that gift quite often. They have the gift of hospitality. I'm thinking about Dale and Betty Johnson. And I I don't know that Dale has ever met a stranger in his life. He can talk to anybody. In fact, I think if, if Dale walked up to that wall and started conversing with the wall, the wall would talk back to him. That's, that's the kind of person Dale is. He can just get a conversation started with about anyone, and he has a knack for spotting new people in the church. And in a good way, Dale will make his way over to that new person, and he will begin to talk to them and welcome them into the church. He's showing interest in them, and before long, he's inviting them to go out to eat with he and Betty. And and that all happens so often and and they have a great conversation and I may later get into the the home of that person and and we're talking about the church and and they're they're saying, you know, we have felt so welcome at your church. There's there's that couple. uh, They took us to lunch that day. They may not even remember Dale and Betty's name, but they have been touched by their gift of hospitality. And Dale and Betty are at their best when they are working within the framework of their giftedness, the gift of hospitality. And they're wagging their tail. Now, Dale will be the first one to tell you this because he has told me this personally and he has told the small group in which we both belong to. He has said to me that it is really hard for him to go into a hospital. It's really hard for him to go into a nursing home. In fact, he is completely out of his comfort zone in those two places. 
It's not within his giftedness. Does that mean he should never go into the hospital, never go into the nursing home? No. We all need stretched. We need to expand our horizons. But most of the time, for each and every one of us, we are at our best when we are working within the framework of our spiritual gift. And so my encouragement to you is to discover what that spiritual gift is for you. And to begin to use, use that gift to the glory of God and to the building up of God's church. I want to read to you today from Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And in this particular passage, Paul is mentioning several spiritual gifts. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I think you'll find it on the screen there. You can follow along with me. Romans chapter 12 verses 6 through 8. In His grace, whose grace? God's grace. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve Him well. Serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If, he is, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Notice these gifts are given to us out of God's grace. We've sang a couple of songs today about the grace of God and the fact that we have salvation because of His grace. You know what? We have spiritual gifts given to us because of His grace as well. And those gifts, as the Holy Spirit comes and makes His home in our life, He brings those gifts with Him. The gifts are to be used. They are not to sit dormant. They are to be used to bring Him glory and they are to be used for the common good of the church. In other words, they are to be used to build up the body of Christ. Now I want us for just a moment to look at this list that Paul has for us in Romans 12, this list of spiritual gifts. The first one that he mentions is the gift of prophecy. Now I will not spend much time here with this one at all because last week we actually looked at this this spiritual gift from Ephesians chapter 4. But if you were here last week, you may remember that this is really the gift of preaching. It's not the foretelling of the future, rather it is the foretelling of God's Word. And some have this gift, and those who do have this gift are to speak out with the faith that God has given to them. I have a footnote in my study Bible that says this, and I quote, The revelations that come through the prophet must be in agreement with the body of truth already revealed. In other words, this is the body of truth, the Bible. And what I say to you, as I speak forth the Word of God, it must be in agreement with what's in this book. I don't preach to you my word or my opinion. I speak to you the Word of God knowing that it is able to save your souls and it is able to penetrate to the very 
inner parts of your heart like a sword. That's the gift of prophecy. The one who speaks forth the Word of God. Secondly, Paul in this list speaks of the gift of service. Now, honestly, this is the gift that a lot of folks in the church have. The gift of service. And, and Paul says, if this is your gift, then serve them well. In other words, do your best at serving others. The one who has this gift is going to be humble and not above doing menial tasks. In other words, you're not going to be above doing, carrying tables and chairs. You're not going to be above reaching down and picking up trash off of the church lot. You're not going to be above going over to your neighbor and helping them with a job that they're doing. It's, this, this gift is out of humility. And the person who has this gift is going to be sensitive to other people's needs and will be motivated to meet those needs, not for his or her own glory, but for the glory of God and for the building up of the church. This person is going to have eyes that are open and a heart that is willing to help other people. just mention some ways or some pictures of what, how you might see this person who has the gift of service. You may see him or her with a paintbrush in their hand. You may see them with a broom in their hand or a wrench or a screwdriver. You may see this person with their hands in dishwater. You may see this person changing diapers in the nursery. You may see this person carrying tables and chairs when that job needs done. Inside the church building and outside the church building, this person is using their gift of service. Their eyes are open, their spiritual antennas are up, and they are looking for opportunities in which they can serve God and people. This last week, we had a funeral dinner here at our church, and there are a number of ladies who, when that happens, they are in that kitchen, and they are serving, and some of them have their hands in the dishwater, and others are wiping tables off, and others are bringing food out, and they are just serving people. You see, this gift of service shows up in a lot of different ways. But I must emphasize to you this gift of service. It's not just for within the walls of the church. It's for outside these walls as you see needs all around you through the week and you move to meet those needs. The person who has the gift of service is going to be especially sensitive to those needs and will move to meet those needs. They will want to meet those needs. I'm thinking of a fella at my mom's church in... Joplin, the College Heights Christian Church. He is the Larry Paddock of College Heights. And you who are members here, and you, you know exactly what I'm saying if you know Larry, because Larry here is one who helps so many different people. Bill Good is the one at College Heights who is just like Larry. He's a handyman. He can do about anything. And here, just a, a while back, a few months ago, my mom 
she was in the mood for a new kitchen sink. The one that she had was very dated, and it was uh, just not to her pleasure. It was looking kind of cruddy, and, and, uh, and the faucet was leaking. She wanted a new sink, and she wanted a new faucet, and she went to Bill Good in the church because Bill has said to her, as he has said to so many of the widows in that church, if you have something that you have need of, just let me know. And so she went to Bill Good. She told him of her need for a faucet and a sink. He said, you go and you pick out a sink and a faucet that you want and I'll install it for you. She did and he did. To the glory of God. And to the building up of the church. The widows there at the College Heights Christian Church are in good hands with God and with Bill Good, who has the gift of service. Does this excuse people from serving if they don't sense that they have the gift of serving? Not at all. We are all called to serve. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves, but there will There will be some who absolutely shine in this area of service. They will lead the way in serving. They enjoy serving. They have their eyes open for those opportunities. These are those who have the gift of service. And you know what? Those who are operating within the framework of that gift, they're wagging their tail. Because they're fulfilled in what they're doing and they're honoring God, and they're feeling used in the kingdom. And they're making a difference. If you have the gift of service, my encouragement to you from the Scripture is, serve them well. That's what Paul says. The next gift in this list is the gift of teaching, and that's one that we talked about last week as well from Ephesians chapter 4. But look to see what Paul says here in Romans 12. For the one who is is the teacher, he says, if you are a teacher, then teach well. In other words, give it your best. You know what I think he's saying to to the teacher? He's saying this, Be prepared and have something to say to your students. Don't be lax in your preparation. People are giving you their time, and so you take the time ahead of time to prepare and to study the Word of God and have something to say to them from the Word of God. And rely on the Holy Spirit to lead you and empower you. Let me remind you of what this book can do as you have it in your hands to give to your students the Word of God. It's God-breathed, Paul said to Timothy. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You, the teacher, have a book in your hands that can change people's lives for eternity. And so if you have the gift of teaching, then teach them well, Paul said. Next is the gift of encouragement. Let me give you 
the Greek word for this word encouragement. It is parakaleo. And I'm wondering if, as you see that word, does it ring a bell with you at all? Does it look familiar to you? Because on the screen, you can see a, a, a few lines down another Greek word, parakletos. That's the word that is used for the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. The Holy Spirit has been given to us by Jesus. He's one who comes alongside of us. And He is our comforter. He's our helper. And I think there is a kinship here between these two words, parakaleo and parakletos. Parakaleo means to speak to, to address, which may be done by way of exhortation or consolation. So what I'm thinking is... This, when you or I encourage someone, we are in reality coming alongside of them and we are giving to them a word that builds them up. We are strengthening them. We are comforting them. We are giving help to them. Do you know of someone who has the gift of encouragement? Think. Just think for a moment. Do you know of someone who has the gift of encouragement? I was eating lunch last Sunday after the second service with a couple, Lance and Lenora Dirks. We were at El Charo eating together, and uh, over the dinner table, I simply said to them, do you all know what your spiritual gift is? Because we've been preaching on this for a couple of Sundays already, And Lance spoke up and he said, you know, I I think I, I know what mine is. He said, I think mine is the gift of encouragement. He said, I love to encourage people. And as he said that to me, I thought, you know, Lance, you are right on. Because I've spent enough time with Lance over these last six or eight months, that I know he is an encourager. He has encouraged me several times. And, and he gets, you know, what, you know what he's saying? I wag my tail when I start encouraging people. He's getting fulfillment out of that. He's found his niche. He's found his place in the body of Christ. To just give encouragement to people. This gift can be exercised through the spoken word. It can be exercised through the written word. Maybe even through a good deed that we would give to someone. We would be encouraging them through that deed. Uh, Let me mention this to you. When you encourage someone in a timely fashion or in a special way, that encouragement can continue on way past the time that you gave to them the encouragement. For instance, and I was thinking about this just yesterday evening. I was was thinking about when, when has somebody been a source of encouragement to me that that encouragement, though it's long past, it continues to encourage me. And I thought back to 28 and a half years ago. And Cindy and I were in the hospital there with our son Jonathan. He had just had 
uh, surgery on his aorta artery. He was recovering. It was probably two or three days after the surgery. And I looked up, and there walked into the waiting room Leon and Carol Perry. And they had made the 90-minute the drive from Tyro to Tulsa, and they had come to visit us to spend the afternoon with us, and they took us out for lunch. And it was such a source of encouragement then, and last night, as I was thinking about that afternoon together, I was encouraged all over again. You see, when you have the gift of encouragement and you give that encouragement to someone, it will be a blessing to them at that moment, but it may be a blessing to them weeks and months and even years down the road. Why? Because it was a timely thing. And you met a need in that person's life and you strengthened them when maybe they were about to sink. When they were going down, you reached out and took their hand and lifted them up. You encouraged them. And they will never forget that. And so the gift of encouragement goes on and on and on and on, even way past the moment in which the encouragement is given. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, we can give encouragement through the words that we speak. And what a, what a wonderful gift that is. I would encourage you, I, I said this last week, if you see a gift that sounds of interest to you, seek it. Chase after it. Ask God for it. He is able to sharpen you and to help you in developing a gift that may not have at the first been your primary gift. What a difference encouragers can make. I'm thinking of Barnabas in the New Testament. Every time you see Barnabas in the New Testament, he's encouraging someone. Chapter 4 of Acts, he's sold a, pro a piece of property and he's giving the proceeds to the church to help the needy. Chapter 9 of Acts, he's, he's taking a new convert underneath his wing and he's helping them, he's encouraging them. Do you remember who that new convert was? Saul, who later became Paul and he wrote half of our New Testament. I'm wondering if Barnabas hadn't have taken Saul under his wing and encouraged him, I wonder if Paul would have made it spiritually. Because the, a, a good number of the church family was, was kind of this way towards Saul. They didn't know if he was for real or not. He had been killing Christians and, and throwing them into prison. Is this guy for real? Barnabas goes across that barrier and he takes Saul underneath his wing and he encourages him. Every time you see him, you check it out in the book of Acts, Barnabas is encouraging people. We need more Barnabases in the church. I'm going to stop there because we've got three more gifts in Romans chapter 12 to look at. The gift of, the gift of giving, 
the gift of leadership, and the gift of mercy. We'll look at those gifts next week. But what I want to leave you with today is this challenge. If you don't already know what your spiritual gift is, take this seriously and seek to discover what your gift is and then begin to figure out how you can use that gift to the glory of God and to the building up of the Lord's church. And your tail will wag when you figure that out. And we want to help you with that. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would have more tail waggers in our church family here as people discover their gift and figure out how to use that gift to your glory and to the building up of the church. Thank you for this being your plan. We pray this in Jesus' name.